Yeah, um, so my name is Ricky. Uh, it's been a while, guys, <laughs> since I've been up here. But uh, my name is Ricky, and I'm one of the elders here at Capricork. And so today we are going to be looking at, uh, as uh, Bernard read Colossians chapter 2, uh, quite a lot to cover. Um, so if I start, like, getting faster, that's why. <laughs> uh, so it's about, like, yeah, a good few verses in there. But, um, yeah, so I guess just a, a little bit um, about me. Some of you, as you can hear, I'm American. For those of you who don't know, I'm from California. I'm actually from Los Angeles. Um, but I usually say Los Angeles, but it's a little bit over the hills north of Los Angeles in an area called the Antelope Valley. Um, I remember one time I explained to somebody, I was like, uh, who was uh, from California, they're like, oh, where are you from? I said, oh, I'm from Antelope Valley. And the response was, ew. Um, so <laughs> that's the kind of place I'm from, but uh, it's, uh, it's the desert where I'm from, so it's called the high desert, and um, yeah, one of the things we have in the desert is, of course, snakes. Um, the, t uh, the city I'm from, like, it's pretty developed in the center, but as you go on the outskirts of it, uh, there would be lots of patches of barren land, and um, even in school, um, when I was in fourth grade, I went to a school uh, I moved to like the edge of the city and you know where there were snakes <laughs> and we even had like a, um, it was like induction on what you have to do if you get bit by a snake they even gave us snake bite kits so it was like this little plastic thing that was like contained everything but doubled like as a suction cup and then inside of it was a razor blade and like a little flask of oil and um, so they showed us how to use this. So like, I carried it with me. Like, I was like, all the time. But you know, for the longest time, like, year passed, two years passed. I never saw any snakes. Um, but uh, I think there's a picture of one. That is a Mojave grain. That is one of the most venomous snakes like in the world. And that's uh, they like to roam around where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you definitely don't want to get bit by that guy because if you do, you're probably going to die. Um, but yeah, so like, we're always on, I was always on the lookout for like rattlesnakes and Mojave Green. Mojave Green is a rattlesnake. Um, but um, never saw any. Um, but there was one day, uh, as I lived, uh, you know, on the outskirts of town, there was, uh, I had to walk to school every day. And when I walked to school to, every day, I had to cross a desert. Uh, basically, like my backyard was the desert. It's now, uh, I've went by there recently, it's now like a sanctioned wildlife preserve. Um, but I had to cross the desert to get to school. And so it was like about a kilometer. It wasn't too far. And so every day I would, I would go uh, walk through the desert to school. And most days I would have headphones on. I'd listen to music. But there was one day where I, um, my batteries were dead, like on my um, CD player, you know, back when we used to use those. Uh, <laughs> so my batteries were dead. And I was just, I was like, oh, fine. I'll walk to school. And so I walked to school. And as I was walking to school, I was going, I was going, I was going. And then I heard it. Um, I heard like the, the rattle of a snake. And like I just I stopped. I was like, whoa, like I've been waiting to hear this sound my whole life. And and like it finally came and I was like, well, what do I do? And so like I was like, well, I'm not going to school today. So I went back home. Um, and so yeah, uh, I knew that when I heard the snake that I was in danger. And I backed away. And um you know, Paul, he writes this letter to the, uh, encourage the church at Colossae. Uh, but not only that, uh, Colossae and also the surrounding areas, he also wanted to warn them against false teachers who were beginning to slither into the church. Um, 
to most people in the church, they were probably unaware. Um, but Paul, you know, he'd heard the snakes rattling, and he wanted to stop the poison from making its way into the church. And rather than actually backing away like I did, um, he wants to confront it head on, and um, he's going to confront them with the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. And so in the, the big passage that we're looking at today, uh, that's what we'll be covering. Uh, but before we dive into it, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that we have just to, um, just to hear from your word, Lord, and just to um, be encouraged uh, just with who you are. It's, it's, it's lots of verses, but Lord, the message is simple, Lord, that you're all we need. And so I pray that as we, um, as we uh, hear from your word, Lord, that you would just uh, bring that truth closer to our heart, Lord, that you would just uh, ingrain it into our hearts, into our minds, Lord, uh, that we need nothing else uh, but you in our lives, Lord. And so I pray that you would just uh, be with us, that you would help me to clearly communicate the words and the thoughts that you've put on my heart for today, Lord, and that we would all be strengthened and encouraged in who you are and what you've done for us, Lord. So it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Um, so I'm going to get my timer started just so that I know <laughs> and I don't go over. Um, so everything before this doesn't count, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we'll look at the first. Uh, uh, first, I like to do things in chunks. That's just kind of my style. So we'll look at the first two two verses. Um, kind of the um, so the message I've given is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Um, and so we'll look at the first uh, two verses. And the verses should also be on the screen as well if you want to just have it there. And um, so we're now in chapter two, verse five. Well, actually, verse six. And can you believe up until this point, it has all just been introduction? Uh, it's like uh, two almost um, chapters of, of just introduction. But uh, Paul is now going to, to get in to actually address some of the issues that were facing the church. And um, he says, as you ever see Jesus, so walk in him. And so before jumping into the topic of false teachers, Paul wants the readers to think back to when they had received Christ. Uh, back to the beginning of their faith when they had, uh, when basically all they had to hold on to was the simple gospel message and how uh, that was all they needed. Uh, Paul wants them to know that uh, nothing has changed, uh, that the, uh, and the danger for the church at that time was that false teachings uh, were beginning to arise. Um, And they were telling, uh, the false teachers were telling the Colossians that they needed to go, um, you know, beyond the simple gospel message that they'd received. And, you know, if they, they really wanted to be a Christian, you know, they needed these extra things. And so Paul addresses this by urging them to walk in the faith that they had already received. Uh, and then Paul is going to go on to mention four things that will help them stay centered on Jesus and to have a close um, just real relationship. And so these are kind of like four, I guess, progressions in the spiritual life. And so we're going to take a look at them. And the first thing he says, he says they're rooted or they're grounded. Uh, he wanted them to be firmly grounded in Christ. And uh, when I think of that, I, I, I think of, um, you know, just a, root, uh, a tree with its roots um, in the soil. And here uh, on the screen, there's a picture of a palm tree. Um, and you can kind of see, it's kind of hard to see, it's, uh, but like there's, you know, a jumble of 
the, um, there in the corner. But uh, I remember one time I was working at the, uh, a Bible college uh, in uh, Calvary Chapel, the uh, church we belong to, has a Bible college and I went to it. And um, I worked there over the summer as a landscaper. And uh, one of my jobs was to stop palm trees from growing because um, they were just kind of infesting the area. And so what I had was like, I had like a little screwdriver with like a hook at the end of it, um, a two prong hook. And I used to just go through and just like pop, pop, pop um, all these uh, small, like one inch uh, shoots that were coming up out of the ground. And uh, one of the things about the campus is there's lots of these fake cement rocks all over the place. And uh, in the car park, there was um, an area that I didn't notice. And so I would, I would do this, like it was my job, like once a week to go like kill all these palm trees. And that's what I would do is just, just do it. And then one day um, I saw, I was like, oh, here's the spot and I missed it. And there is a palm tree there. And like the palm tree was about like a foot tall. And so I was like, okay, uh, let me just get my shovel. Uh, obviously the little tool I had wasn't going to work. I was like, I'll just use a shovel and I'll just, I'll just dig it out. Boy, how I was wrong. <laughs> uh, if you look at, I know you can't really see it, but the way a palm tree's roots grow is it grows like in a big ball and then it starts to go out. And so I was trying my best just to cut around the palm tree to dig it up. And uh, the, the space I had to work with was limited. So like this, the, this hole was like this big uh, the palm tree was like this big, but I knew the roots were like this big. So I, I basically what I had to get was like this uh, like pneumatic drill and like jackhammer it out of there. It was fun, but uh, it was a lot of work. And um, that's kind of what Paul wants our, our, our faith to look like. He wants it to be root, like firmly fixed into who Christ is and what he's done with it uh, to us uh, or for us. And uh, Psalm 1 is actually a great picture of this. It should be there, be there on the screen. Uh, in the NIV, it says, He delights in the word of the Lord and he meditates upon it day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He will bear his fruit uh, in season and whatever he does will prosper and so the primary way for us as Christians to stay grounded or to stay rooted in Christ, it's when we put God's word first in our lives, um, that we uh, put it first, that we submit to it, and it becomes, um, as the psalmist said, it becomes uh, a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. Uh, as we follow the way of Christ, uh, we become grounded in who he is. The second thing um, that Paul brings up, and he says that we're supposed to be built up or we're supposed to be growing in him. Uh, the Greek word for growing here uh, is in the present tense, uh, indicating that it's supposed to be a continuous state. Um, we're to continually be growing in Christ, uh, who is our foundation. Um, the idea here is that we don't um, become stagnant that we are stunted, that we keep growing. Um, you know, there's a good quote that, that says, you shouldn't compare yourself to other people. The only person you should compare yourself to is who you were yesterday. And this quote highlights the fact that um, the important thing is that as Christians, that we're growing not only just as human beings in general, but we're growing in kindness, that we're growing in knowledge, uh, growing in love for the body of Christ, uh, but ultimately that we're growing closer to Jesus. Um, you know, if you take the time to think about it, um, how was your relationship uh, with Jesus in 2021? Um, were you growing in him? And then if you think about 2022, as we're still in the beginning of it, um, 
You know, are you drawing close to him? Are you growing in him in 2022? Is that one of your goals that you had? Is that one of your resolutions? There's still time, guys. And so are you drawing near to him? Are you growing in him? Are you taking the time to meditate on the word to, and allow it to guard your hearts and minds and to transform you into the image of Christ? And so let me encourage you, uh, for this year, make a resolution at the end of January and um, you know, grow in Christ. Make that your aim, to dive into the word, to uh, let it um, light your path and guide you. And yeah, just uh, lay your life down before it. The third thing that he says is that we're supposed to be established, or you can kind of say uh, secured in our faith. Um, you know, the world that we live in um, does everything that, we, uh, that it can to try and make us stumble um, in our faith. You know, we live in a secular world after all. And so it causes us, our, uh, it can cause us at times to doubt. But, you know, doubt isn't necessarily a bad thing. It isn't a bad thing at all, actually. Um, and sometimes, you know, as we progress in this Christian life, sometimes we have doubts. And that's okay. Uh, Jude 1.22 says, um, reminds us of this, he says, be merciful to those who doubt. We know that um, anything that we throw at Jesus like, isn't going to um, catch him off guard, so we can even take things that we may doubt about, and we can give them over to him. I mean, he will be merciful towards us. Um, he will help us to become uh, established. He will help us to become secured in uh, our faith in him. You know, he'll help us to, to get that solid foundation. And so I'd encourage you, if that's you, you here today, to don't uh, feel bad about doubts, first of all. Um, don't hide them from God. Um, don't pretend like you don't have them. Um, but bring them to him. You know, God is strong enough to, to carry you through them and to, to see you through the other side of doubts. The fourth thing that we look at is he says that we're supposed to be overflowing in gratitude. And so this is kind of uh, at the end of it. So, so it's kind of like this is, this is the true mark if you've been growing spiritually. It's if you're overflowing in gratitude or thankfulness, as the verse says. Uh, it's a true mark of Christian maturity. Uh, Warren Wiersbe, and there should be a quote of this up on the, up on the uh, I was going to say board, but the wall. Um, up on the wall. <laughs> Uh, he said, by reviewing these pictures of spiritual progress, we see how the uh, growing Christian can easily defeat the enemy and not be led astray. If his spiritual roots are deep in Christ, he will not want any other soil. If Christ is his sure spiritual foundation, he, he has no need to move. If he is studying and growing in the word, he will not easily be enticed by false doctrine. And if his heart is overflowing with thankfulness, he will not even consider turning from the fullness he has in Christ. A grounded, growing, grateful believer will not be led astray. You know, the reality is that um, it's not possible for us to be grumpy when we're grateful. Um, gratitude pushes out grumpiness. 
it's not possible to be prideful if we're grateful, because gratefulness pushes out pride. Uh, gratitude truly is the um, protector of our hearts. And as Christian believers, no matter what we're going through, um, we have so much to be grateful for. Um, we've been saved by God. Um, we have salvation. It's the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have the hope of glory. And, and we know that one day, uh, no matter what we're going through, that every tear will be wiped from our eyes. And so gratitude should really be just the overriding emotion of our hearts as Christians, uh, simply because he's done so much for us. So uh, the next chunk is just one verse. It's verse 8, um, where it, it's just, um, yeah, Paul gives us a warning. He says, watch out, or beware. Um, and so in verse 8, Paul switches gears a little bit, and he begins to call out some of the false teachings that were beginning to circulate um, in the, the church. I thought, I just spoke it all over myself. <laughs> totally missed my mouth. Um, it's fine. <laughs> um, but anyway, Paul addresses the things. It's going to take me a second to recover from that. <laughs> um, he addresses the things that... Um, we're beginning to circulate around the church. Uh, and it was a bit of a mix of different things uh, that Paul was addressing. And it's led, you know, a lot of Bible scholars to debate about what exactly the false teachings were. Uh, it seemed like this was a combination of early Gnosticism, and uh, which would have taught things like, you know, God could not come in contact with the material world, and that God could not directly interact with humankind. You know, instead, he used mediators or angels. Um, uh, the Gnostics believed that, uh, you know, you had to have a kind of spiritual experience and gain, you know, secret knowledge, gnosis, uh, that's where the word comes from. Uh, gnosis just means knowledge. So they're like, you needed these extra things to become a Christian or to be saved. Um, not only that, uh, but there was also just um, these elements of Jewish mysticism, um, kind of which emphasized, you know, um, dietary laws, and the observation of uh, particular days and festivals, that we, as we will see later, um, and saying, you know, these are the things that you have to do. Uh, but regardless of whatever label you want to give it, um, what it boils down to is that people are saying that Jesus alone isn't enough. Um, they were saying that you need Jesus plus philosophy, uh, Jesus plus traditions, um, and, you know, having a spiritual experience um, you know, with Jesus, of course, isn't a bad thing. Um, and traditions aren't a bad thing. Philosophy isn't a bad thing. Um, but if that's what you're putting your faith in for salvation, um, then it's as Paul says in Versailles, it's, it's of no value to us. And that's really the, the, I guess the core message of, of this passage. Um, moving on in verse 9 and 10, uh, Paul goes on just to combat some of these false teachings by magnifying Jesus and what he's done for us. And he says, let me go back to my timer so I don't forget. There we go. Uh, he says, in him the whole fullness of deity uh, dwells bodily. And so when speaking of fullness, uh, Paul uses uh, this Greek word pleroma, uh, 
and that essentially means just uh, the sum total of all that God is, all of his being and all of his attributes. Um, and then he takes that, everything that God is, and then he connects that with Jesus' physical body. Um, in doing this, Paul is addressing some of the false teachings, some of the Gnosticism that I mentioned earlier. Um, um, these things that were attacking the deity of Christ, um, you know, they were separating God from physical things. And um, because they had this view, they, they naturally had a problem with Jesus, who was God in human form. They're like, no, 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 you guys, you can't do this. They had a problem with it for sure. And um, they thought, you know, if you really want to, to know God, really want to know his truth, that you need to seek out these spiritual mediators or you need to seek out these angels. And uh, Paul makes it abundantly clear that that wasn't the case, that um, you know Jesus was God in the flesh and that's all we needed to go to was him. Paul writes in 1 Timothy uh, 2, 5, he says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And so the only way to the Father is through the Son. Jesus tells us that in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus is the only way for us. And, you know, not only that, but like, yeah, he's the only way to salvation. And, you know, that salvation that he gives us is available to anyone who wants it. Um, it's, it's, doesn't exclude anyone. Um, it's, it's a free gift um, that he gives to us. And uh, it doesn't have any requirements because of it or for it. You can just receive it. And um, I'm so thankful for that because, yeah, he's done so much in my life. You know, once again, connecting it all to the gratefulness that God has uh, for all the things that he's done for us. But he says, going on, he says that you have also uh, been filled or completed in him. And he connects, you know, us with that fullness of God. Um, and he says that we have been filled uh, with that. So God, you know, um, all that who he is is poured out in Jesus. And then we are tapped into that as well. Um, I like what Warren Wiersbe says, and it should be on the, on the um, wall there. It says, he said, when a person is born again into the family of God, he is born complete in Christ. His spiritual growth is not an addition, uh, is not by addition, but by nutrition. He grows from the inside out. Nothing is needed to be added to Christ because he is already the very fullness of God. And um, as the believer draws on Christ's fullness, he is filled unto all the fullness of God. What more does he need. You know, our title for this series has been All of Christ in All of Life, uh, or All of Christ in All of Life. Yeah, I got it right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, here, Paul is just showing us how, you know, in Christ, we truly have everything that we need to live a fruitful and meaningful, complete, full life. And, and praise God for that. <laughs> Going on in verses 11 through 12, um, starting in verse 11, Paul just begins to show us that not only was the false teaching creeping into the church at Colossae, but there was also those who were holding on to tradi uh, the tradition of circumcision, 
and saying that it was necessary for those in the church at Colossae to be circumcised uh, to assure their salvation. Uh, and so the Colossian church, um, and if you remember the Colossian church, Coloss, yeah, what do you say? The, <laughs> that's such a weird word. The Colossians, church of Colossae, <laughs> uh, they, um, they were primarily Gentiles. So they're basically saying, oh, you guys need to get circumcised. Um, and uh, yes, I'm going to be saying circumcision a lot. Um, let's just get it out there. Uh, but, you know, um, Paul directly confronts this um, by telling that the uh, uh, confronts us by telling the church at Colossae that the, uh, that physical circumcision wasn't needed because there was a spiritual circumcision that took place when they put their faith in Christ. And here he uses circumcision and also as you see baptism. Uh, he's going to use it as metaphors to show how we experience the fullness of salvation by identifying with Christ in His death, burial, and resurrection. And so. Uh, I like what Kent Hughes said about this. Exper uh, he said that normally circumcision does not refer to death, but rather to the common rite of circumcision of uh, males on the eighth day by cutting away a small portion of flesh. But here it provides a gruesome metaphor for the crucifixion. His circumcision on the cross involved not the stripping away of a small piece of flesh, but the violent removal of his entire body in death. The Colossians, now in him as believers, um, spiritually share in this circumcision, this death. The body of flesh was cut away. They died to their formal ways of life. Paul then goes on um, to say how we identify with Christ in his, uh, you know, and his burial uh, and his uh, resurrection through baptism. And uh, perhaps some of you have been with us when we have our baptisms uh, in the river next to the uh, Inascara Cemetery. Um, you know, it's, it's like the perfect place to have a baptism. It, it's because it's just a great reminder of um, just, uh, you know, there's that cemetery just, that, just right there. And it's, it's just a, a reminder of death, uh, the death that uh, Christ gave for us and that we identify with him in. Um, and then, of course, we have the actual, you know, act of baptism where um, the the person is submerged under the water, uh, which is an act of identifying with Christ in his burial. Um, and then, of course, they don't stay there. Uh, they, they are raised up. And, of course, that's a picture of them identifying with uh, Jesus in his resurrection, uh, that they have become new creations. And this is what Paul is reminding us of in that passage, that for those of us who have put our faith in Christ, um, we have to remember that when Jesus died, we died. When Jesus was buried, we were buried. And of course, uh, was, when Jesus was raised to new life, so were we. You know, we can try to be uh, good people, and uh, you know, that's a worthwhile endeavor, but ultimately we always will let ourselves down. Um, we could never come close to the standard of goodness that, that uh, God has for us. Um, you know, we needed something more than just, you know, a personal effort. Uh, we need that eternal salvation of Jesus, um, which is a miracle of the gospel, you know, working in our lives that transforms us. And that's something that only Christ can do. Um, only through Christ can we become new men and women uh, when we enter into that new life. Second Corinthians five seventeen reminds us of that. Uh, of, 
It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So we've entered into this newness of life. We're new people because of it, because of what Jesus has done for us. Uh, such a great reminder. There's just like so much gold in these passages. We could easily spend like, like a good few weeks in this passage. Um, but we have, we have to go. We have to continue. <laughs> um, verses 13 through 15. Let's see if I can drink water without spilling it on myself. Nailed it. Um, he says that we have, um, Paul goes on to unpack this a bit further, and um, he uh, clearly um, unpacks what Jesus has done for us, makes it clear to us um, that we were once dead, but we've been made alive. Uh, and it just reminds me of that passage in Romans 6, uh, verses 8 through 11. And I think we should have, yeah, there it is. It's on the slide. Um, now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that he will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Uh, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And Paul goes on to explain that we've been made alive through Jesus' death on the cross. And he actually goes into quite uh, a bit of detail here uh, because he wants it to really sink in. And um, he says it's like this. Every one of us has a record of debt against us. You know, a list of sins that we have all committed. Uh, all the sins we've committed in the past, all that we've considered, uh, committed this week, today, reaching all the way out into the future. It's a long list, guys. <laughs> uh, so he says, we all have this list. But according to the law, um, because of that, uh, we're all guilty and we all deserve the death penalty. Uh, Romans 6.23, of course, uh, reminds us of that where it says the wages of sin is death. And that's for all of us. But Jesus, through his death on the cross, takes that list. And it says, not only does he... Um, wipe it completely clean, but it says that he also puts it out of reach. Um, he puts it out of reach just by nailing it to the cross. And he does for us what we could never have done ourselves. And so, you know, Paul wanted them to know that they were... Um, completely just fulfilled in Christ and completely um, one not only were they completely filled in Christ but they were also completely forgiven um, I know for myself like ooh, yeah uh, it took a while for the reality of this to you know really sink in for me uh, I felt like yeah because just of everything that I've done that there was, you know, there was sin and there was sin, and I had some sin. Uh, and I felt like, you know, for those bigger things that, you know, it was going to take, you know, time or it's going to take uh, good effort, um, you know, in order for, for God to, to really forgive those. Um, but the reality is that, that sin is sin. It's all on the same level. It all distances us. It all separates us from God. And um, there is no... 
levels um, to it. Um, and so when the reality is, is that no matter who we are, or no matter what we've done, that um, the truth is, is that all of our sins have been wiped clean. And yeah, I just can't, can't help but feel like there's someone here today that needs to hear that. That, yeah, that no matter what you've done, um, you know, you can't out-sin God. And that he loves you just as you are. And yeah, that, that he's wiped it clean. There's, you know, nothing that you can do to, it doesn't need time, it doesn't need your good effort. Um, it just needs you to rest in the fact that, that he's paid for your price. That's a debt that was paid in full. And all you have to do is just, yeah, just receive it. Just live in it, um, accept it, and uh, be grateful for it. And then going on, it says that um, not only did the work on the cross free us from sin but and guilt, uh, it also frees us from the hold of Satan over our lives. And, you know, Jesus' death on the cross might have looked like a victory for Satan, but it was actually his defeat. Um, it says that he strips Satan of his weapons by disarming him. Whatever weapons used against us uh, that he may have had before are made complete, completely useless. They have no power over us anymore. So Jesus puts them to open shame. And just what a blessing it is when we fully grasp this fact and realize that Satan truly has no power over us, um, over our lives. That Christ has been made victorious through death, burial, and resurrection. Now, that's not going to stop Satan from trying to lead us astray. Um, you know, he's still going to try his best. But, you know, in Christ, we have all that we need to stand against it. In verses... Um, 16 and 17 in our next little section. Uh, beginning in verse 16, Paul begins to uh, bring up the topic of legalism. And, you know, evidently there were people around who were judging others for not abstaining from certain foods. And we're going to pick up the pace here. Uh, not abstaining from certain foods or from celebrating, um, for not celebrating festivals or keeping the Sabbath. Uh, you know, these things weren't necessarily bad things. Uh, when you look at the Old Testament, you see how all of these things clearly had their rightful place and purpose. However, Paul makes it abundantly clear that uh, in verse 17, he says that these things were just uh, shadows of what was to come, um, you know, speaking of Jesus. And, um, you know, it's kind of like trying to remember uh, what a person looks like by looking at a picture of them when they're actually in the room with you. Like, imagine if, like, so my wife's there in the back, and, like, imagine if I'm just trying to remember what my wife looks like, and I just start looking at photos um, of who she is. Like, she's in the room. Like, I can clearly see her now. She's right in front of me. I don't have to look at, uh, at a photo or at a shadow because the substance is right in front of me. And, um, 
for the Colossians, you know, they didn't have to worry about old traditions because they had something greater. They had Jesus, and Jesus is all that they needed. Paul goes on to remind them, and he basically uh, says it this way, uh, don't get caught up in pretentious spirituality. Um, the false teachers prided themselves on, on you, know, you know, their false humility, on worship of angels, uh, of just like all these, you know, higher things that they, they, they knew, all their intellect. They prided themselves on all these things. Um, they said, you know, because we have all these things, we're more spiritual than you are. And that's what they wanted. They wanted the, the, the prestige of being on another level. And uh, Paul says, you know, all it does is just inflates your ego. Um, they felt that they were better than everyone else. But Paul points out two things that was wrong with this. Um, the first thing he says, first and foremost, is that it had nothing to do with Jesus. Um, they were disconnected from him. And secondly, um, because of that, they were disconnected from the body of Christ, the church. If they really wanted to grow spiritually, they needed to be connected to both. And if you're here today and you want to grow spiritually, and I hope that would be everyone here, uh, um, the same thing's true for us. If we want to grow spiritually, we need to be connected to the church. And at Calvary Cork, you know, we have plenty of ways for you to con get connected. There's uh, men's ministry, there's women's ministry, there's children's ministry, there's youth group, there's college ministry, there's growing in Christ, there's understanding God, uh, there's more. I <laughs> uh, hope I didn't forget anything, but there's something for everyone. You know, we want to have a wide variety of things for you guys to get connected. It's not just about coming here on a Sunday. Um, that'll get you by to about Monday. You need more than that. And uh, because of that, we provide all these ways for you to get connected because, you know, we're not meant to just um, live out our faith by ourselves. We need other people around us. And because of that, we want to, there's lots of community groups. Because they're just going to start coming to me now. Uh, yeah, we have all these things um, for you to get connected to. So I would encourage you to seek out those things. Uh, talk to me if you want to know any more about those things. Or email info at um, But yeah, there's so many ways for you guys to get connected. For you to, to, and the aim of it all is to help you to grow spiritually. And uh, that's what we want to see happen for you guys as uh, leaders of the church. But... Um, I'm running out of time, but I feel like there's nothing I have to say. Um, I'll give you guys a little tip. Um, if you want to expedite the process, if you want to jump in the fast lane and growing spiritually, um, I would encourage you guys to serve. Um, I've been uh, serving in Europe as a missionary for 18 years now. And um, one of the cool things about it has been I've been able to um, help out with various churches all around Europe and to be able to work alongside people. And um, one of the things that I've noticed, um, you know, when you're working alongside these people is that it was always, uh, no matter you know, where I was in the world, uh, this fact remained true. 
stats, it was usually always the people who served in the church who grew the quickest. And um, <laughs> this isn't like some secret knowledge. This isn't like what the Gnostics are saying. This is truth. Uh, Jesus said it himself. He says, uh, he said, uh, one was on at the upper room feast. He said that if you want to be first, you will be last. Uh, you will be servants of all, I think is what the phrase he used. Um, Jesus said it himself. Uh, if you want to be first, you, you should be last. And that means you have to serve people. And um, I would encourage you to do that, uh, to find ways that you can serve in the church. Um, as I said, I've been doing it for the last 18 years, and I have zero regrets. Uh, hasn't been always easy, but it's been uh, fulfilling. It's been worth it. And I would encourage you to, to find ways that you can serve. We have so many ways that you can serve at Cobb Cork. Uh, there is uh, setup, as was mentioned last week. There's AV, there's hospitality, there's greeting, there's children's ministry. There's all these different things that you can do to, to help you uh, serve one another. Um, and so I encourage you, uh, serve in any way that you can. I know some of us are busy, some of us have jobs. Um, I also have a job, I also am busy. I also have three kids, um, but I still try and find time to serve because I know that if I'm not, then, um, you know, there's just, for me, I guess personally, just explaining to you my mentality, there's kind of like a little emptiness there. Um, so I'd encourage you to find ways that you can do it because as you do it, you'll see it just brings a joy. It brings um, a fulfillment. Um, I don't know how to quite put words to it, but it gives you something extra. Um, and it helps you to grow, as I said, spiritually. So uh, seek out ways to serve. Um, need any help with that, you can talk to me. I'll be in the back after church. But I felt that I needed to say that, and I know I'm running out of time. So um, a last section is titled, Ricky Has Run Out of Time. Um, <laughs> I will summarize it like this. You can, the verses are there on the screen. You can read them. Uh, boils down to this. Paul ends by reminding us that we can't make ourselves righteous. Uh, no matter how hard we try, uh, no matter how many regulations we try and keep, um, no matter how we try and discipline our bodies, we still need God to make us new creations. Uh, I was trying to think of like, kind of what that looks like for us today in this. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, we, we, it's New Year's. We're kind of, uh, um, it's kind of like, this isn't a perfect analogy, but just bear with me. It's kind of like, you know, imagine if all our New Year's resolutions were kind of what we used as the metric for keeping, uh, making us spiritual. Um, you know, you have, you look at social media and you just see all these things, you know, they try and leverage that. You see things like um, adverts, you know, for yoga, for dieting apps, uh, for keto diets, you know, all these things. But imagine if, like, we took those things or we took our New Year's resolutions and we said, you know, if we keep these things, uh, then we'll become spiritual. It's kind of like what the Colossians were doing. They were saying, you know, if we do these things, um, you know, then we would become spiritual. Not perfect analogy, but there you go. Um, you know, it's a good thing to care for our bodies, obviously. It's a good thing to be disciplined. Um, but none of those things can make you righteous. You know, only Christ can do that. 
Um, you know, the, the Beatles famously said, all you need is love. Um, but Paul, the apostle, says, all you need is Jesus. Or as one pastor put it, um, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. If Jesus is all that we have, then we have everything that we need to live full lives as Christians. We don't need anything extra. And that's just what this whole passage boils down to. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. He's all that we need. You know, anything that pops up in life, we can bring it back to him. And he helps us through it. Really running out of time here now. Uh, but that, that was kind of the, the winding down. And so I'd say, uh, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, um, that's available to you. Jesus um, is available to you. He wants to take the burdens off your back. Um, I, I, kind of the picture just came to me of um, the book uh, Pilgrim's Progress by John, John Bunyan. Uh, it's basically just a spiritual allegory of the Christian life. And in it, there is a, um, the protagonist of the story is named uh, Christian, and he's on his way to the celestial city. He's on his way to heaven. And in the beginning part of the, uh, of the book, he is climbing up this hill, but he's, he's trying to make his way up, but he has um, this burden on his back, you know, this rucksack that's like filled with bricks or whatever it may be. It's just this huge thing on his back. And um, of course, this makes going up the hill harder. And he gets to the top of the hill, and as he gets to the top of the hill, uh, yeah, there's a cross at the, um, at the top. And it says, as he got to the top of the hill, as he came to the cross, that he said that the burden was lift, lifted from his back, and the burden uh, ro- yeah, it rolled all the way down to the hill, into uh, the sepulchre, into the grave. And, and he says, and I saw it no more. And I guess for you here today who aren't Christians, uh, that's what Jesus wants to do for you, is he wants to lift that burden off your back. Um, he wants to ca- cast it in the grave, um, and you'll see it no more. And so that's available to you today, um, if you still want it. Um, if that's you, I'll be in the back, and if you want to pray, uh, we can pray about it. Um, but, like, yeah, that was another thing I had to say. Um, if you're here today, and you are a Christian, um, you know, I'd encourage you that as we think, as we're coming to the second set of worship, that uh, maybe take some time uh, to think about maybe if there's anything in your life, any burden that you've been carrying that maybe you shouldn't something that you've been putting your hopes in to make you righteous, um, I would encourage you to take that and to hand it over to Jesus and to do it today. Like, there's no need to wait. Um, I would encourage you, yeah, just to hand those things over to Jesus and to acknowledge in your heart that it's only through the work of Jesus that we receive uh, this gift of righteousness 
It's a new gift of his mercy that we are given every morning, even today. So all we have to do is just receive it uh, with hearts full of gratitude to Jesus uh, for what he's done for us. And so let's pray again. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that we've had to just get a clearer picture of who you are, Lord. Um, thank you that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Thank you that you are all we have and you're all we need, Lord. Um, there's nothing else that we need in this life to make us more full or more complete than we are in you. And so I pray that you would just, yeah, um, remind us of that, even during the second time of worship, Lord. Uh, as I said, if, if there's anyone who hasn't experienced the fullness of who you are, Lord, that they would just take this time to give it to you, Lord. If there's any of us who are wrestling with burdens on our back, Lord, that we would just take that and we'd give it to you, Lord. Thank you that we can just, uh, we have access to you, Lord. Thank you that we can come to you with all these things. And um, you don't shun us away, Lord. You don't, um, you don't say it's going to take more effort. It's going to take more time before you can come to me. No, you say, get in here. You say, come here, Lord. And so I pray that um, you would do that now, Lord, that you would comfort those who, um, who need that, Lord, that you would draw near to those who are weary, and heavy burden, Lord. Um, Jesus said in Matthew, he says, uh, Come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, for my yoke is easy, is easy and my burden is light. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, people would do that here today, Lord, that you would comfort them and that you would strengthen them. So it's in your name we pray. Amen.